Dan's Driving Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2, episode 20, a minute-by-minute podcast covering the second Howling film from 1985 and the seventh Howling film from 1994. Your Sister's a Werewolf and New Moon Rising, respectively. I'm Dan, I'm your host, I'm the one who talks and talks. And let us go, let's dive right into Howling 2. We have finished, we're at the end of the scene with um, Stefan and Ben and Jenny. And uh, Jenny is taking some of the titanium bullets. And uh, God be with you. Thank you. And she's getting up to leave as this minute begins. Mr. Clasco. Oh, that tape. Man, I'm so sorry about your sister. Would you like to come in for a drink? I believe him, you know. Come on, Jenny. Aside from all that mumbo-jumbo about, uh, what's-her-name? Sturba. Right. Do you think Stefan's going to the cemetery at night to set traps? Running around with a net to catch werewolves? I forgot about the steak. What's he gonna do with that again? Drive a steak through a werewolf's heart. He meant Karen, didn't he? That son of a bitch was talking about my sister. So back at Jenny's place, we have a couple Bloody Marys, which apparently Jenny is scarfing down pretty quick. Um, see, I, th- I think I think Red Brown is, is a good actor. It's just that when he, he goes from zero to, like, 50 in a second is what it is. And so like in this scene here, I think it's pretty good. He's talking about my sister, isn't he? He's talking about killing my sister. And you, you just know that like he's you know, he's just he's just a step away from me, like he's talking about killing my sister, isn't he? Ah He's talking about killing you know you you know that he's just one step away from that. But when he's sort of calm, he's gonna run around throwing nets over werewolves. You know, he's I think he's pretty good. Um Jenny still strikes me as she's she's a maybe like I said before, they were, there were three people in that last scene who all seemed like they were in a slightly different movie. And Jenny still seems slightly like she's there. I was saying she believes him. And what about the stake? And you see a, a shot that I don't think we've seen before of him like running the stake through like the, the, the heart of a... Well, not the heart, but the space where a heart would be of the skeleton. And then you see a brief shot, which is Ben's mind, of his seeing his sister Karen getting getting shot when she's turning into the werewolf. They're, they're, the, those shots are a little too random <laughs> to be... Um, I think as powerful as they're supposed to be. Um, they just look, they almost look like mistakes. But that's okay. We're having our Bloody Mary. She made she made a Bloody Mary. I, I like the fact that she didn't just pour a little wine for them or would you like a beer or something. She, she prepared some Bloody Marys. I've only had one Bloody Mary in my life. Um, uh, and I didn't like it. Um, I'm sure it was made correctly. I just It just did nothing for me. I think it was at a wedding a long time ago. And um, someone who... I was there with, so was I like part of the party? Was it my sister's? I forget whose wedding it was, but uh, someone was like, "Man, I can't wait to open bar. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have three or four Bloody Marys or something like that." And suddenly I got in my head that I needed a Bloody Mary. I'm very susceptible like that, very susceptible. If you, if you, if you, you know, start the day at eight a.m., you mentioned ice cream. I'm going to want ice cream for the rest of my day, although I have to lay off the ice cream. I've had too much ice cream over the past year. I need to lay off it. It's not uh, 
But I, but anyways, if you say that or pizza or something or something really yummy, sushi, that'll just stick in my head all day and, and it won't go away until I claim some. Luckily, I have a little bit of ice cream, not a lot in the fridge right now. I don't have any sushi. I've got some pizza. I've got a few slices of pizza, so I'm good right now if I need either of those. Plus, I also have, I have, actually, I have a bowl here of, um, while I'm recording, I have a bowl of um, colorful uh, peppers. That's a red one. But I wish I loved Bloody Marys because there's something about the name and about the look that just looks fantastic. But I just, um, I found it rather muddy. Is that is that the word for it? Anyway, Jenny's enjoying hers. I'm sure she sat there the whole time with Stefan thinking, man, I want a Bloody Mary. Do you think I can ask this guy to make me a Bloody Mary? It would have real blood from a woman named Mary in it, I bet. Why is it called a Bloody Mary? Anyway, I thought it was pretty obvious that Stefan was going to go there and like use the stake to, to kill Karen to stop her from coming. Because he says she, you know, she had the silver in her system. They removed the silver. She came back, to, so she's going to come back to life. So now he's going to go there to make sure that doesn't happen. Well, that would be putting the... But he's going to use a titanium stake. I wonder how many he has of those. If he's got, like, like a big case of... You know, it's like um, Hawkeye or, or um, Green Arrow. You know, it's like, where do they get all those arrows? You know, and it's like he, he opens up just the thing. He's got, like, 50 titanium stakes in there. Just just in case. There are a lot of, there are a lot of werewolves out. But... Um, uh, so, so yeah, so, uh, yeah, Jenny believes him, uh, Ben doesn't, and Ben isn't too happy about the thought of what, um, he might, Stefan might do to his sister, although you think maybe he'd sneak into the, the graveyard at night, too, you know, if Stefan, if he thinks Stefan's gonna be there, to just see what Stefan is doing, maybe stop him, maybe that's what'll happen, I honestly don't remember, I thought by this point, they would have made it to Europe already, and we're going to find Sterba, Sterba. Not a, not a great name. It's not one that rolls off the tongue. Sterba. Sterba, werewolf bitch. Yeah, and this doesn't really roll off the tongue. It's, you know, it's, and I'm sure Sterba, I don't know, it's not a name I've ever heard, but I'm sure that sounds like an Eastern European name. So, so I was watching, I was watching a Battlestar Galactica episode for Avengers Super Train. Um, the Lost Warrior, the one where um, Apollo uh, runs out of fuel and lands on like an old Western planet where a Cylon has crashed also, and they call them Red Eye, and this big fat cat kind of guy controls him. And, you know, they have all those those made-up words um, in, in Battlestar Galactica, some of which I, I think work, some of which I don't. Um, but this, this one just got dippy with um, the, the names the people had on this planet. Like, um, what was the kid's name? There was a kid named Pappas, and his uncle's name was Butes. And they were after the lupus, which is a wolf, obviously. But it's, Pappas, be careful going after the lupus with Butes. And it, 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 you come back in the yarn. And I just kept hearing these names, and I thought sometimes these, these alien names or these foreign names, they can go so horribly wrong. Sterba is, is pretty close to that. It's not, it doesn't roll off the tongue. S-T-I-R-B and R-B, nice Sterba. Or maybe it's a great name. I don't know. Forget it. Forget I said it. You know, I don't know. Maybe you're all sitting out there going, man, I love that name, Sturba. Boy, that's the best name ever. Okay, that's great. That's great. I just don't think it really works. Although it's funny to see in the alternate title of the film because you're like, Sturba werewolf bitch. What is that? What the hell is a Sturba? Uh, not much else going on in this. Red Brown being subdued and Jenny um, 
enjoying her Bloody Mary and giving him some looks like mm, you stinker. Uh, especially when he kind of makes fun of Stefan, and and so we'll see we'll see in the next minute where they go, what they do, what's happened. Maybe they just sit here for another minute and then um, drink the Bloody Mary, and Red Brown will have a burst of of Brown going. I mean, I'm so used to him being in action movies um, or playing like a big guy, like in the Happy Days episode he's in, you know, just yeah, kind of guy. Um, that uh, seeing him in a horror movie is. Um, it's just his his sort of energy is almost <laughs> inappropriate for a horror movie, especially where you're trying for scares. I mean, the last thing you want in a dark and, and creepy house is a guy who goes into every room going yeah and stuff like that. You just it doesn't it doesn't really work. But maybe we'll love it here. I like when I started this, I haven't watched Howling. I've watched Howling two in three or four years, so so some of this is almost as new as if new to me. So let me uh, let me um, let me and talk about that minute there. Let me grab another bit of pepper and let us watch the next minute of Howling New Moon Rising. Harriet is singing a song about Pappy being one hell of a man, and there was a elderly lady playing the spoons. from a brief shot of Ted talking into the micro cassette recorder of his um, leaning on the side of uh, sort of like I, I think it looks like the lodging area with the desert uh, behind him which doesn't seem safe if he's trying to keep a secret um, standing in corners talking surreptitiously into small micro recorders and people don't really know who you are seems, seems a little tricky every time I see that shot I expect someone to appear um, but no one does. Just in the same way that there's a shot with, um, geez, I forgot the, the bartender's name, where he's talking to Ted and they're both outside wearing their leather jackets and they look, they both look a little weird in their little, their leather jackets. They look a little too small or something. Like, like maybe outside of the, the bar they suddenly get smaller or something. Maybe they're smaller. Maybe there's something wrong with the scale of the shot. I don't know. But they're like kind of leaning against the truck talking. And then two folks, uh, two motorcycles go by with people on them and they kind of wave to them. They keep talking and then it cuts to another shot. Again, feels like something should be happening there, but isn't. But but apart from that moment with Ted talking to his micro recorder, you know, there's absolutely no sign or feeling that um, this is a werewolf movie in any way, shape or form. It looks like it looks like either sort of it looks like a docudrama about Barstow and Pioneer Town Palace is what it looks like. And j- just the way it seems to. Um, she's singing, uh, so so Harriet's singing her song, which is a good good tune. And you see her on stage singing for a while, and then it goes to the, um, and then it goes to a montage the next day, 
and then the minute ends the next night with some country line dancing, that sinister looking country line dancing with the uh, woman with the sort of butch mullet and the one woman who Ted likes standing next to him. Which I, I love, uh, they're, they're, li- they're leading the line dancing and, and the, the woman with the, the mullet does the five, six, seven, eight. And I love that they do the five, six, seven, eight. That's uh that's a that's a good time that they do that that they do the Broadway five six you know instead of like one two three or something like that it reminds me of um was it Hedwig and the Angry Inch when the the director of that when he's talking about um uh performing with the band um when he was Hedwig and um because he came more from you know musicals kind of thing and he had an actual rock band with him and they went up to play the first tune and went all right guys five six seven eight and no one did anything and they're like it's one two three four oh oh gotcha one two three four um uh, but but you, you could see a lot of fun photos and things around uh, Harriet as she's singing it. And I imagine since she said this was a long time ago, I don't think she's she's either singing about Pappy a long time ago or possibly a previous husband or love. I'm not, not fully sure on on, on um, um, Harriet's thing. I wish I wish Pappy was in the movie more. But as I've said before, he died soon after this came out, so he may he just may. he he just may have not been well enough to um, to appear in it, which is too bad. Anyway, um, well, so so yeah, we get the one playing the spoons. So let me, let me just go through. Let me just make sure I'm hitting everything here because again, this is another sort of montage minute. I mean, we're 20 minutes in, and this is what like the fourth or fifth montage minute. I mean, like how many actual scenes have we had that have lasted like scene length and not been cut into? Um, I just love how if you're, I mean, you know, some films. I, I mean, to me, like a gr- a great slasher film is not not only one has the scares in it and keeps you on the edge but it's also one that can at times make you forget that you're watching a slasher film so when the slashing begins you're like whoa oh my gosh that's right that's the kind of film i'm in you know it can kind of take you out and put you in another genre for a little while and then pop pop you right back in there and to me the um the the thing about this is i mean this is a completely different thing from anything resembling a werewolf movie i mean we're gonna have to wait until i mean ted might be doing something sinister but i don't think he's doing anything werewolfy and uh so we have to wait for the priest and the and the policeman to start talking again but until then we're just gonna get minutes of montage and and all this sort of thing so i just wanted to um so as as they're playing there yeah there's i forget the guy's name there's kind of a big guy um who we haven't really heard from or anything yet he's the one is jocko or jaro who who we who disappear who's who's we just barely see during the we're sneaking chili sequence and and and, uh, i bring that up because um there's a we get a shot it's all it's it's kind of kind of weird stuff because so as she's still as they're still playing we get sort of a shot like looking down at the ground and then it kind of pans up and we see sort of the pioneer town palace area and it's morning and then we get that guy jaro whoever sleeping on a roof and um harriet's like climbing a ladder yelling at him to wake him up which um if we knew who that guy was possibly that he was lazy or something that would mean something but we don't really know anything so that just ends up feeling a little what is going on there and then we get that shot with the bartender and oh no that's not is that ted i thought that was ted maybe it's not ted well it's a guy with long red hair uh, and then we get another shot with Jaro like sleeping on a couch, and and she's looking for him. Then we get Ted on his. I guess that's not Ted that the bartender. I thought it was because the long red hair. Um, Ted on his um, 
talking into his recorder and then we get a shot of the the front of the pioneer town palace with people going in and going out and then it all ends with the sinister line dancing and uh, that jaro thing i guess is meant to be some sort of running joke but certainly as we don't know who he is and we don't know anything about him it's um it's a slightly confusing running joke because the first time we see it it's like what's going on who's that guy and then the second time we see it, like oh is that guy meant to be lazy but then it doesn't happen again maybe it'll happen again in the next minute but we will see we will see so i will uh, i guess we'll end it right there that's that's the minute um um arguing about werewolves in one movie and country line dancing and spoon playing in another hey how could you beat that? Um, so, yeah, that's that's the end of episode uh, 20 of Howling 2 and 7-2. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And listen to a little bit of this.